Hello! Welcome to Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. This is episode 31. Hope you enjoyed the Joe Dallas episode. Again, I apologize for the audio on the phone there. I got some new equipment for that, so the next one will be much better, I promise. But I got the attitude music going. Hope you guys are uh, ready to uh, step into battle, to get on the field, to step into the ring, get on the front line. That is my pillar, Van Pillar. Involved with triplexchurch.com. Another great resource out there. Check them out. Uh, Get on the front line. Let's start playing some offense. It's almost Memorial Day here in the United States, honoring those who've died in battle, who fought in the wars, because freedom isn't free. People died for the freedoms that we enjoy. And that is what Memorial Day is about, and that's what I'm going to ask you to do in this show. I'm going to ask you to fight. I'm going to ask you to lose something. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice because that is, there's a war going on. We are fighting a spiritual battle, a spiritual war. And I'm calling you to battle in this show. How have you guys been doing? I, I'm getting some emails from some folks, but uh, the vast amount of listeners out there are uh, still, you know, you're, you're listening out there. You're checking out the show. You're wondering what this Russ guy's all about. You're wondering what ASI is all about. And sexual integrity and what is uh, what is that all about what does god mean by sexual integrity why is uh christianity so rigid as far as its take on sex well i'm here to talk a little bit about that today and get your head wrapped around a few things i seem to attract an audience much like i was when i was addicted to porn when i was a sex addict i just thought that the bible was uh unrealistic it was just rigid and these rules are just way too hard <laughs> they're just you know unrealistic i mean come on save sex tell marriage what are you talking about what do you mean by that well i'm going to talk about some of that stuff i'm going to talk about uh wrapping your head around getting out of this whole addiction to pornography if you have an addiction to porn or sex addiction maybe you're struggling with uh, homosexuality Got some of those feelings. You don't feel quite right about it. Uh, here to talk about some of that stuff today. Facing the adventure. Facing the fight. That's what this show is about. I tell you what. I take this stuff very seriously. I don't mess around when it comes to sex addiction, to this addiction. It is serious business. Uh, Peter. I wanted to correct myself on a past episode. Peter is the one that uh, kind of straightened me out about the whole 12-steppers out there and how the 12-step movement and a lot of 12-step groups out there are not the problem. Some of the uh, leaders of those groups may be the problem. They may have a defeatist attitude in a lot of those groups, and that may be what I have a problem with. It's not the whole 12-step programs that I have a problem with, which I talked about that in a previous episode. That it's not, it's not that. I guess it's just the people who aren't doing it the way that uh, Bill W.'s vision for what the 12-step program is supposed to be. So, Peter, I wanted to uh, thank Peter for writing me about that because it is so important that he helped me with that. I, I spoke to a few 12-step programs. I walked in and just said, hey, uh, you know, I hope you guys 
understand that sobriety isn't what life is all about. I mean, hey, it's great to be sober, and I think that's uh, getting your hands on the enemy and understanding uh, self-control is is great. But why are you here? You know, you need to ask God why He put you here, and I think that is as critically important as sobriety is. So, I just wanted to thank Peter again for straightening me out on that stuff. You know, I'm not perfect. You can go ahead and email me if you have any problems or issues or stuff that you want uh, want me to talk about or you want me to address or have a problem with something I've said. I encourage that. Man, I love uh, dissidents. If you have doubt or something in your heart that says, yeah, I don't quite agree with that, I, I encourage you to write me. If you have any, uh, if you have a real super... Uh, struggle with this thing. You feel like this thing has got you down on the floor and it's got its hands wrapped around your neck. I totally understand how you feel. I've been there. I've felt like, man, I am totally out of control. I cannot just do life. This thing has invaded my mind. I understand that. I understand how you feel. And I was remembering my show I did about adventure and thinking about life as an adventure. My wife is out of town right now and and uh, kind of being with the kids and being around the house and just missing her so much and remembering how back when I was uh, an addict, back when I was a slave to my thoughts and my sexual desires, I remember fearing being alone because, you know, I'm, I'm alone now and now this thing is going to come to me and it's going to, you know, get pull me down to back to the computer or to the videos or video store or whatever it was. And I don't have that anymore. I've had the fiery darts thrown into my mind. I want to talk about a strategy for that that I've learned recently, but uh you know, I I'm not sitting here going, uh, I'm going to I'm going to look at porn again. I I don't do that anymore. It's so great having that freedom. I want you guys to experience that. It's it's awesome. I never thought I would be in this place to be honest with you. I was so hopeless for a long time. I sat there and I just thought, you know, I, I don't see it's unrealistic to take conquered sex addiction. I, I used to think that because I didn't get out there and I didn't get in the information. I didn't understand. I never talked to people who've been free of it. I'm a guy who is free of it. I'll tell you right now that I, I'm not all. Oh man, this thing is just creeping into my my head. Now, do those thoughts creep into my head? Sure, they do. But I have learned this strategy of snuffing out those thoughts, of crushing them before they start to you know, roll into that big snowball that's rolling down the hill and it's going to smash me. I, you know, I've, I've really made it a discipline. I've made it a fight to squish out every single little thought and to replace it with something positive for the most part. Or just squish them out and start thinking about work or, or your family or whatever it is. That is, a, that is going to be a lifelong struggle. It's going to be a lifelong battle, like Joe Dallas says. You know, I've scarred my mind to a certain degree, and, and so have you probably. But I'm telling you, that stuff works, replacing those thoughts. I look at uh, life as, uh, in the adventure of life, I was reflecting back when I was a kid, and I got really uh, interested in these uh, time travel stuff, you know, reading about it in movies like Back to the Future and uh, The Terminator, another movie about time travel and, and how 
you know, what that wrapping your head around all that stuff, you know, and, and understanding like the Terminator movie where the machine comes back in time to kill the leader, you know, the, the future leader of the world. And wondering why I had that such a fascination with it. And now that I do this ministry and talking with emails with you folks and, and you know, that song uh, Unwritten, uh, stuff like that. You're looking at your life as right now, you're listening to my voice right now, and your life is on a process. You can't go back in time and fix what you've done. But you can start right now and move on into the future. Whether you're 20 years old, whether you're 30 years old, whether you're 50 years old, whether you're a teenager, whatever it is, your life is in a process. And the decisions you make right now are going to affect it forever. You wrap your head around that. If you could go back in time, 20 years from now, and, and make the life that you want to make, well, here it is. It's, it's right now. It's May. It's almost June 2006. And what are you doing right now to affect your future? Is there going to be a bomb go off? You're going to lose your family? You're going to end up uh, stepping, you know, this, this porn thing on the web. Is it going to get boring and you're going to step into something else? What if you have some kind of, uh, if you have somebody come up to you and say, I just want to have sex with you, some woman or something like that. I mean, what are the odds of you failing to that? What are the odds of you cheating on your wife? All this stuff is, is, is decisions you make right now to move on into the future, to conquer this thing, to take some real action steps and say, I will not tolerate this any longer. I am going to kill that red lizard, whatever it is that's talking to me and telling me that this is cool and this is fun and, you know, there's nothing wrong with porn. Whatever's telling you that, why it's soothing you, addressing that stuff and looking at life as, as an adventure, replacing those thoughts that are keeping you down, that are throwing you down on the ground and saying, you stay down. You stay down, buddy. You better not get back up. Face that thing. Don't just cow to it. Don't say, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to medicate myself now. No, face it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to take courage. But man, you guys got a lot more courage than, than you give yourself credit for, I believe. I did. I had no idea I had as much courage as I did. When I took a little step of courage, I took another one. And then I took a bigger one. And then I took another one. And then I talked to somebody. I didn't think I could talk to somebody. People are going to think I'm a pervert. You know what? Who cares what people think? 20 years from now, you look back on your life, and you're going to say, you know, I cared too much about what people thought? <laughs> Where does that fit? A guy in his deathbed doesn't think about, uh, man, I should have spent more time at the office. I should have, uh, you know, I should have bought that boat and saddled myself with a huge amount of debt that I'm going to have to pay off forever. No, when you're laying on your deathbed, you're thinking about your family. You're looking back on your life and going, what kind of time did I spend with my family? How important did I make my family? How important did I make my, my spiritual life? Who is God? Struggling with that. Life is moving. This is a moment in time. Right now, you're listening to my voice. You are in, floating in this river of time. And it is marching on every second, every minute, every day is moving forward, making decisions to change your behavior, 
starts right now. It starts right now with a decision, with a heartfelt decision. And I was hearing some statistics about radio shows and, and listening to uh, audio books and stuff like that. And they, they talk about how you retain like about 10% of what you hear. So I, my encouragement to you is not just to listen to this show and go, well, that was cool, and then move on to the next thing. I remember doing that with a lot of audio books, and I would listen, and, and yeah, that was great. But I want you to write something down. I want you to write this stuff down, write it down, and make a decision right now that you're going to move forward, that you're not going to tolerate this anymore. You're going to take some steps, maybe little tiny steps, maybe radical steps. Whatever they are, you're going to take steps to heal, to heal yourself, to wrap your neck, your, your own hands around the enemy, and not tolerate it anymore. If you're a Christian, you're listening to this show, I heard uh, a guy named uh, Pastor Steve Shell in Federal Way. I put a link on the, the link site on my website. It's digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. Uh, you go to links, and I put a link to his radio show there. But he was talking about setting, you know, setting the slaves free and stuff like that and, and conquering... Uh, just talk about repentance and, and what that means. And it's basically getting free, getting out of slavery. Understanding grace is what will get you out of slavery. But anyway, not to go off the tracks here, but he had a, a woman that that was talking about repentance and talking about temptation. And, and she said that one of the biggest things for her was she made a deal with the devil. You're saying, Russ, what does that mean? Make a deal with the devil? And she said, yeah. And I've done this this weekend. Because it was funny. After my wife left, you know, I got home, and these thoughts started coming into my mind again. You know, like old porn movies and stuff that I thought. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, it just, boom, just fired into my, my thought process. And, you know, instead of some of these little arrows that I usually get, I started getting javelins. And, it, you know, just because I was alone. I've not been alone for, away from my wife for this long in a long time. So... Here comes these little thoughts, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, where did that come from? That didn't come from me. I wasn't even thinking about sex. I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't watching a movie, or I didn't dwell on any images or anything like that. These thoughts just started firing into my mind. And I'm like, wow, you know, here's the, the enemy is firing this stuff into my mind. You know, there's, you can argue flesh, and you can argue brain chemistry and old memories. But for me, you know, this is kind of a demonic force coming into my mind. And I made, and I thought, I remembered what this woman said, and I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm going to make a deal with the devil, and here's the deal that I'm making. All right, every time you fire a thought like that into my mind, I said to the devil, I said to the enemy, I said to the the evil fleshy stuff inside my my body and my mind, I said, every time, every single time I get a fiery arrow, I am going to pray for the lost. I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm going to pray for a listener. I'm going to pray for neighbors. I'm going to pray for somebody. That's my deal with the devil. I said, you know what? You fire that stuff into my mind and instantly I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to pray for John, for Rob, for Peter. I'm going to pray for these guys. I'm going to pray for folks. I'm not going to just go down that road. The devil thinks he's going to try and get me to go down that road. And you know what's funny? Is those thoughts just about ceased after I started doing that. 
Maybe I get a couple a day. And then they start to trickle down. It's funny how not dwelling on that stuff really made me, really made the, the thoughts come to a screeching halt pretty much. And they sure they still come in. And I pray. As soon as it happens, as soon as that stuff fires into my mind, I send up a prayer. I pray for people. I pray for you guys. You folks have sent me email. And let me tell you something. If you're new to this thing, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take work. It's going to take time for you to be able to get into this pattern. And don't give up, man. When you start to feel like uh, this is too hard because them fiery darts are going to come boom, 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 boom. They're going to keep coming at you in your mind, especially when you're new to this. It gets easier as you do it. The thing is you just don't give up. You may lose the battle sometimes. You may lose the fight sometimes. But if you keep on fighting and you keep on digging at this thing, you keep on working at it, you will win the war. You may lose some battles, but you will win the war eventually, doing these processes over and over and over again. Russ, I tried that. It didn't work. You know what? How many times did you try it? I tried it thousands of times. Thousands, all right? You got to keep working at this and don't give up. Get some of these books. you got to work on some of that emotional stuff, too. But understand, you may lose some battles. You're going to win some battles, and you may lose some battles. But understand that that's part of winning the war. You never, ever give up. Never stop turning them arrows around and praying for people. Just grab those, those thoughts like arrows and just chuck them right back at the devil with a prayer. But understand that it's going to be exhausting. It's going to come at you. They're going to come at you like a machine gun sometimes. And understand that. It may be very, very difficult. It was for me. But keep doing it. Don't give up. If you fall, you get back up. You understand? Don't let this thing dominate you. Russ, I don't know who to pray for, you might be saying. Well, you know, go to the prayer wall. Go to the Triple X Church prayer wall. And there's people out there hurting. There's people out there struggling with this stuff. Pray for those guys. Pray for folks. Go to HigherCalling.com. Get on some of the message boards and read some of the the stories and the prayer requests and, and understand that stuff. Pray for those folks. Pray for their struggle. Write them down. Write their names down on a piece of paper and pray for those I pray for you guys with your marriages. They're going through some stuff with your marriages. There's guys out there who are hurting as far as their marriage is concerned. And that's another part of being a fighter that I want to address. If you've broken your wife's heart with this stuff and she is just excruciatingly in pain, if she is very, very angry and upset with you, if she's lashing out at you, you know, you have to take the road of love and forgiveness and, you know, empathy. It's not being a doormat, but at the same time, loving her through it. Loving her through her pain. Even if she's mad at you. Even if she's pissed at you. Even if she's, uh, you know, I'm talking to a friend at work. A guy friend. What do you do in that situation? That is a hard, tough situation. There's a listener to this show out there right now who's going through this with his wife. You want somebody to pray for? Pray for him. Mr. D will call him. God knows who he is. Pray for Mr. D in his marriage. Every time one of them arrows is shot at you, pray for him. Pray for his wife that she will start to learn grace, that she'll start to 
to peel back the and forgive him some. He doesn't deserve it. I deserve to go straight to hell. That's what I deserved. I didn't deserve. Uh, my wife, man, she got upset and freaked out and was like Mr. D's wife. And I'll tell you, it hurt. Hurt bad. My wife said things, man. She said she hated me. She said she didn't love me anymore. Said that our whole marriage was a fraud because of my actions. Said she wanted anyone else but me. Just get away from me. I want somebody else, she told me. She was hurt. That's how she reacted. Is it right? No. But how am I going to react? I choose my reactions. I can't control her. And I didn't do it right all the time, man. I failed a lot of times. I remember getting mad at her. and Don't fight back with this cutting, striking anger. That's the point. Like James said in his book, when he finally got his head around grace after his wife had cheated on him. This is James Brooks wrote a book called Take a Bullet. It's on the website, digitalaudioproject.com slash ASI. When his wife cheated on him, when he was just about done, when he was ready to throw her bags out, when he was just, no way, I am not going to have you in my life anymore. Somebody said to him, you know, when you first got married, when you first fell in love, they said, would you take a bullet for your wife? If somebody was to fire a gun at her, would you jump in front of that bullet and, and, and take a bullet for your wife? And he said, yeah. Yeah, you know, I would. Tears in his eyes. And they said, you know what? Here's your bullet. It's suffering. Sometimes grace is, is suffering. You're going to have to suffer through this. Don't fight back with her. Just love her. Mourn this stuff out. Well, how do you, do you just swallow it down? No, you mourn it out. You hurt. Go ahead and hurt. Jesus did. He hurt for us on the cross. You want to you get a, your head around that? You know, watch Passion of the Christ again. Sit and watch that. Next time you're hurting in your wife, you feel like she's hurting you or stabbing you or putting a knife in your heart, watch Passion of the Christ. All right? You want to see pain? Jesus went through some pain for us, big-time pain. So we can't, you know, we have no right to sit here and whine about I, I didn't, and I still struggle with some of this stuff in mourning, not lashing out. And this is another way you can start playing offense with your enemy instead of defense. Start fighting with love. The devil hates that. When you show grace, even when they don't deserve it, when you feel like they should suffer like you are, when they're hurting you, you fight back with love. You love them. You give them grace. The devil hates that. The devil it hurts with that. That's how you impact the devil. That's how you hurt the devil. When you don't strike back, just you know, suffer through it. Grieve through it. Blessed are those who grieve, for they will be comforted. But there is hope. There really is. So pray. Pray, folks. Pray for Mr. D. And understand that love, love is tough. You got to pray. You got to connect. You got to get connected with somebody in your church or in another church or somebody somewhere. Because the, the devil's using this stuff to, to rip you apart. That's what he wants to see. He wants to see your marriage ripped apart. And he wants you, guys, you, to give up. He wants you to lash out. He wants you to scream and yell at your wife. Because you know what happens when that happens? All negotiation stops. 
the Bible talks about forgiveness and and heaping hot coals on top of someone's head who is uh, trying to hurt you. you. When you're nice to them back, when they understand that, you you know, I'm going to love you even though you're going to be a jerk to me. When you do that with your wife, it's it's like heaping hot coals on them. In a negative way, no, because they start to feel this, oh man, you know, he's giving me grace. He's giving me grace even though I don't deserve it. And that's what grace is. That's what being a Christian's about. It's grace. It's given to us. It's a gift. And we give it away. We give it back. So don't you give up. If you're in a marriage and you're you're hurting with this stuff and you're feel you're reeling in pain, if your wife is reeling in pain, if you feel like it's over, you feel like you're, there's going to be a divorce soon, if you feel like that, don't you quit. Don't you dare quit. All right? You you give her grace. You love her. Leave her notes. Do something that shows that you love her. Shows that you're sorry. Shows that you are passionate about fixing this thing. About fixing you. Don't just give her words. Show her actions. Because you probably, like, if you were like me, man, words, you've been words, words, words for years. And she's tired of hearing it. Show her actions. You've got to give her actions, not words. When she starts seeing some of that stuff, maybe she'll start coming around. But it's going to take grace, too. And it's going to take loving her. It's going to take saying how much you hurt, maybe, when she's done some of the stuff that she's done or he's done. Whatever it is. The little things. The little things that hurt us guys. Pastor Rick talked about that with the book uh, The Peacemaker. We have to address that stuff. And it's going to be scary. It's going to take courage. But taking those little steps to heal, to work. And it's so hard and it's so uncomfortable, and I know. But listen, this is a season in your life, all right? If you're going through this hard, cold time in your life because of this thing, if the bomb has gone off and left debris all over the place, let me tell you something. If you keep fighting, you know, you'll pass through this season. This too will pass. It's like winter. There's a season for mourning. There's a season for pain. There's a season for grief. And maybe you're going through that right now. There will be spring someday. But for right now, you may have to suffer some. You may have to carry your own cross. You may have to suffer like Christ did. Maybe not physically, but maybe emotionally. God, why have you forsaken me, Jesus said. And you may feel like that. You may feel like God's not there. Let me tell you something. He's right there with you. There is a war going on. There's a book on the website that I just put on there. It's called God at War. And I, I used to struggle with this. I got an email from a listener talking about, well, what about Katrina? If he's such a loving God, then how come stuff like Katrina happens? How come the 9-11, that was my thing. I went to my pastor. Hey, you know, people just showed up for work one day. And boom, they're gone. They're dead. Families are torn apart. Women go without their husbands. Many, many firefighters are, are, have widows now. A loving God, how could a loving God let that happen? Well, let me tell you something. And this is a, our pastor Rick did a whole sermon on this book, God at War. There is a war going on. We are in a world, we are in a material world that is, has light and it has dark. It has heat, it has cold. It has plus and it has minus. There is a polarity to this physical, material world. And we share the same space as the enemy. 
God's got a bad rap in a lot of this stuff. You know, look look at insurance forms, and one of the things on an insurance form it'll say uh, uh, act, uh, acts of God. You know, your ho- your house is taken out in a hurricane. That's an act of God. You know, and it's not. It's not an act of God. We live in a world where this is a material world for the storm, like Katrina, for example, and all this material. The atmosphere. People say, oh, well, God was punishing uh, New Orleans because they're such a sinful city. Well, you know, that's just a, a crock, in my opinion. I'll tell you what, you know, since the, the death of Christ, there's a, been a war going on. And how, my attitude towards that is how God protected New Orleans for so many years. I mean, it's in its path of a storm. It's in the path of many storms. It's right on the Gulf of Mexico. It's below sea level, for God's sake. And people want to say that it's God's fault that it happened? It's, you know, how long did God protect that city? For years and years. You know, we live in a material world. There's plus and minus. There's stuff in the atmosphere. There's volcanoes. There's storms. There's earthquakes. That happens. But let me tell you something. There's an enemy that wants to take you down. And the worst thing that could happen to you is not dying in a storm or not dying in an earthquake. The worst thing that could happen to you is to be totally separated from God. That is being thrown out in the freezing cold. You know, the the biggest tragedy in life is not dying in a storm the biggest tragedy in life could be to live this great life you know you're a movie actor and you get everything you want you're rich you're famous you buy the house you buy the cars you live that whole life out and then you die totally separated from god forever because this world this life that we have right now is just it's just a vapor the bible says it's just a it's just nothing it's hardly anything Compared to the amount of time that you will exist, this life on this material plane that we're on right now is nothing compared to the it's just a, it's just a second. It's a vapor. It's a moment. But we're moving through it. We're moving through time. God at War is the book. You know, the Old Testament, you know, God taking out uh, aggression on, on some of the evil people and stuff like that. Since Jesus died on the cross, there's a new covenant. You know, we are the body of Christ now. Since Jesus has died for us on the cross, we are his body. We go out and we do works that help the body of Christ. We choose that. God says, well, you know, why do people do evil things? Why do people go around murdering other people? How could God let that happen? How could God let Hitler happen? Because he lets us have free will. And that's a tough deal. We have free will. That's a hard thing. God let us have free will. And a guy like Hitler is so far into the darkness and the cold and the freezing, and that just spewed out of him. With his God-given leadership skills that God gave him, he used that for evil. And that man was a huge storm of evil on this planet. We have the choice. God wants us to choose him. I'm reading the book Captivating with my wife. It's about uh, a woman's heart, a woman's soul. I strongly recommend that book. And it talks about some of the feminine traits of God. And one of them is that God wants us to fight for him. God wants us to choose him. 
He wants us to love Him. He wants to be loved. He wants us, with our free will and all our stuff, to make decisions for Him, for God. And as we make those decisions and take those steps towards being more like Jesus, towards being more like the body of Christ, the broken, bloodshed body of Christ, and doing our life based on His will, not ours. You know, I got into this whole self-help thing, being in sales for a lot of years, you know, having a dream and all that stuff. All that's great, but you know what? It's not. If it's not up to God, if it's not God's will for your life, then what is it? You know, it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you fulfilled. It's not going to bring joy. So, I hope that helps. I will uh, maybe do another show before Monday. May have Joe Dallas on again. Do another part about the uh, game plan. I got cut short last time. Another couple of books that he's done. I talk about those as well. Hope you're having a good week. Send me an email. It's russ at digitalaudioproject.com. How does this hit you? What do you think? What do you think about God? What do you? What are your frustrations? Are you pissed off at God? I was. And this stuff didn't make sense. Why would God do this and that? If you are, hallelujah. <laughs> Good for you. Because that gets you asking questions. Don't just hold this stuff inside you. Ask questions. Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. Go up to your pastor and just, you know, blow the lid off this thing. Take some, Get some courage underneath you and walk up to your pastor and say, Hey, you know, I think Jesus is out to lunch the heck was Jesus thinking if you feel that way don't be afraid to share that if your church has a problem with it then find another one so remember fight your enemy this week alright fight that enemy when it first comes into your mind if you failed repent pray to God ask for forgiveness say you know man I'm beat I'm down I hate this crap but then identify those little thoughts, those little arrows, and then they come into your mind. Stop, and you face your enemy. You tell your enemy, I'm going to fight you now. I'm going to pray. You hit me, and I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to hit you with a prayer for somebody. Do that. Because your enemy is no respecter of persons. Hurricane Katrina, earthquakes, all this stuff that happens, 9-11... That's part of the darkness of this world. That's part of the dark side of this world. That's part of the stuff that happens to be on this material planet that we are at war with. We have to find the love in that stuff. We have to find the love and and fight with love. It's a song by Godsmack called Temptation. I call you to kill your temptation. That's me. Here's some of the lyrics. Even uh, it, It's awake even when you sleep. It breathes without a heartbeat, making me incomplete. And now I know what I know. Expect a demon down below to surface through my mortal soul. And now it looks to be smiling as it's killing me, day to day, eye to eye. It's time to love. It's time to hate. Hate your enemy, man. You guys, get in there and just... All right, you're going to hit me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fight with love. 
Anyway, here's the chorus. It's time to love. It's time to hate. It's coming face to face trying to desecrate. There's no time at all to break away. Don't run from this thing. Face it. Face your enemy and fight. Pray. Kick those thoughts out of your mind. Temptation still got a hold of me. You know, it's still got a hold of me too, but it's a little soccer ball in my mind that I tuck that sucker aside. Get there. Do that. Alright? Russ at digitalaudioproject.com. You can fight this thing, you can. It's gonna take work, it's gonna take effort, it's gonna take blood, sweat, and tears. You do that. Alright? Until next week. Until next time. Bye.